to ask you a question. How many people in here were raised Catholic? Okay, well, that's a good number, okay. The rest of you can still listen to this, all right? I was raised Catholic, and as a little boy, our service on Sunday, we called it a Mass. And at that time, it was in Latin, a long time ago. The Catholic Mass was and still is centered around communion. At that time, when I was a child, if you wanted to take communion, you couldn't eat three hours before church. You had to prepare yourself. You couldn't take communion if you had any big sins in your life. This is all emphasized. Big sins, obviously murder, adultery, but also included if you ate meat last Friday or you didn't go to church last Sunday. The service would consist of the, of the priest standing at the altar praying, and what he was doing was, and I'm not talking theology, I'm telling you what happened. He's praying and consecrating the host for communion. To receive communion, we would come down the center aisle, and we'd all kneel at the altar. And the priest would come along and give us this, the body of Christ. We would beat our chest and say, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed. The altar boy at the time would have a plate underneath my chin because you did not want the host, the communion host, to fall to the ground. And the nuns used to tell us, because the, the host would come in and get stuck in the top of our, of our mouth because it's so dry. And they would tell us over and over again, do not put your finger in your mouth. You're not allowed to touch it. The thing is that it instilled in me a reverence and an awe of communion. So when I started going to the Protestant churches 40-some years ago, I never felt in the beginning like they honored the Lord's Supper like the Catholics did. So keep that in mind as we go through this today. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three to 25. This is a verse we've heard before, but I want you to don't tune out just because I'm reading it. <laughs> There's a point. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This is a cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this. As often you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Then what are we to remember? The next verse tells us, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're not proclaiming his life. 
We're not proclaiming his virgin birth that Isaiah prophesied 100 years before. We're not proclaiming that he defeated the devil in the wilderness. We're not proclaiming all his miracles. We're not even proclaiming all the words that he spoke. We're not proclaiming his resurrection and ascension into heaven. We're proclaiming his death. Okay, we're going to come back to that. First time the word proclaim mentioned, was mentioned in the Bible is Exodus chapter 33, verse 19. Moses had asked the Lord to show, show me your glory. Exodus 33, 19. The Lord said to him, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. The Lord wants to make himself known through the proclamation of his character. Here he desires to proclaim his mercy, his grace, and his compassion. This is the way God reveals himself to us through his proclamation. So why does Paul say we proclaim his death? This actually puzzled me for a while because it bothered me. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We are proclaiming in communion the Lord's death is proof of his love for me. The act of taking the Lord's Supper I'm proclaiming because of his death on the cross that he loves me and has a plan for my life. There's no deeper love that God can display than what he did on the cross. 1 John chapter 4, 9 through 10 says, this is how God shows us his love, that he sent his only, one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for us. We are proclaiming as we take communion, God loves me. This is vital. But let's read on because Paul goes on to some other things. 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 31 says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread, this bread, or drinks a cup of the Lord in an unworthy way, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But a person must examine himself. In so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For one who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not properly recognize the body. For this reason, many, many among you are weak and sick, and a number are asleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we will not be judged. Communion is a sacred thing. Two things the Lord's asked us to do, that's communion and be baptized. It's a sacred, we would say in the, in the Catholic Church, a sacred sacrament. So before you take communion today, I want you to examine your heart. 
And here's what I want you to examine. Are you accusing God today of not loving you? Are you offended at what he's done in your life? Are you angry at him? Does your prayer life consist mainly of complaining? God, you don't love me. Do you truly not believe that he loves you? The act of taking communion, I am, I'm accepting his death on the cross and saying, God, you love me. So I want you to examine your heart. And as Paul says, this is a sacred thing. If you're going to hang on to your God doesn't love me mantra, I would say don't take communion. It's a serious thing. But I want you to examine your heart and say, okay, Lord, I've accused you of many things. I've been offended of what you've done in my life. But I repent of it right now. And God, help me. So I'm going to take just a, a, a little bit of time. Just examine your heart. Paul says, examine yourself before you take this. And then we'll receive communion. you'd like to take communion start in the back row come up here and grab, grab the elements we've done this before but some of you may be new and just go back around and, and take your seat I want you to take the elements and take them back to your seat and we'll take communion together okay so you may start in the back Every communion Sunday we do this. It takes longer and longer to get through the line. <laughs> okay, all right. Once you take the bread. Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
and he also took the cup. This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. You do it in remembrance of me and my love for you. going to pray for you here because I'm going to ask you to come up and meet me here afterwards. Many times I want to just pray with you over the word. Many times there's more and oftentimes you have a few questions. So I just don't like to just give it and let it go. Okay, you all understand that? Okay. All right, Paula. I already told you, Paula Mun. This Paula. We got a few Paulas here. Yes. I already told you beforehand, you should stand up. <laughs> okay. How the Lord views us and how others view us many times are so different. You have the heart and life that's yielded to the Lord as in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. You have a heart of simplicity and purity to devotion to Christ. Others around you may call you a very simple woman. But God sees and calls you a woman of great devotion and of great faith. Because of your heart of simplicity and purity and devotion to Christ, when you pray, you expect him to answer. <laughs> you don't have a plan B, C, D, and E if he doesn't come through because you know who God is. You have such a relationship with him. It's precious in his sight. And the verse over you I'm going to tell you is Psalm 123, verse 2. It says this. The eyes of the servant look to the hand of their owner. The eyes of a woman servant looks to the hand of her owner. So your eyes look to the Lord until he is gracious to you. You don't have, you don't have another plan. You have a plan of just what God, I prayed, God, you're going to answer. Thank you. 